KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate Architectural, Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, we want to welcome Guy Castaneda, principal and CEO of Nomos Red, a real estate design firm that works with a discerning commercial and private clientele distinguished by their focused and personalized approach. Hello and welcome, Guy. We're so honored and glad you've chosen to be on our show today. Thank you, Tom. I'm very glad to be here and a fan of your show, so thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Uh, Guy, please tell us a, a bit about the emergence of real estate design and how we're likely to hear more about it now and in the future. So first, uh, I would start by saying, what is real estate design? So uh, a, very, a very smart friend of mine uh, helped me come up with this and uh, it's, it's a, a definition I think really contributes to what we're doing. And uh, we think real estate is uh, optimizing the value of commercial and res- residential projects. Uh, through strategic design to enhance the ROI and financial outcomes while contributing to the sustainability of communities, cities, and lives. And uh, wow. when we when we say all these, it's a it's a mouth it's a mouthful. But uh, when yeah, we say it all is. these, it's what we're truly meaning is uh, we uh, are uh, passionate building designers. We are uh, out there in the world, and we're trying to see how we can make uh, communities better. How we can how we can work. Uh, on, on making communities better through uh, enhancing those buildings. And when we say strategic design is everything we've learned so far uh, by working on uh, very, uh, most Im- the most important designs, uh, almost the most important designs uh, in the world, uh, uh, both, both me and my business partner, Paula. Uh, everything we've learned so far and uh, everything we've been focused on for the last years is trying to apply that uh, to a little bit of a smaller scale uh, hmm. residential and commercial projects that we find, uh, trying to see how we can enhance those and how we can contribute uh, helping people uh, just realizing what they want to do with projects. Wow. So h- how do they approach you with what they want to do? Do you approach them or kind of both? Okay, so um, when, we, when we created the uh, first real estate design firm mm-hmm. here in, in California, our main goal uh, was trying to solve a problem that we, that we found here. Uh, we moved to California from London. We were working there uh, in, uh, in, 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 in some uh, big, big architectural pra- practices. Uh, while I was working for Foster & Partners and Paolo was working for KPF. Uh, uh, I was working on the design of the Apple campus. I was part of the design team of that project. Awesome. And uh, when we landed in Cupertino, uh, we were expecting to find uh, one of the most innovative places in the world. And uh, we were expe- expecting to find uh, a big, uh, sophisticated community that was uh, going to, uh, that was uh, happening, not all, that sophistication happening not only in technology, but also in the other areas. And, okay. Uh, when we uh, came here and researched and, and saw uh, the construction that surrounded us, we, we, we found out that that sophistication and that uh, innovation wasn't really translating from the technological world to the uh, residential and uh, sometimes commercial world. Uh, okay. So um, working uh, in the uh, Apple campus uh, as a designer for a while, uh, we and, and, and having... Uh, Paula, my wife and business partner, working for a real estate developer in Palo Alto, we had the opportunity to start uh, having a small little network of people that really understood what what we were trying to bring up, like what the the problems that we're spotting uh, in this area, and uh, that that uh, small network and and a lot of conversations that we had back then led led us to believe that we could somehow contribute to uh, bring a little bit of. Uh, uh, the sophistication or uh, a little bit of the of the things that we had learned uh, by working in Europe, bring them here to California and uh, Northern California and try to apply them and, and try to make uh, buildings and people's lives uh, 
a little bit better through through that through design. Yeah. How? What was the response of say your first um, clients on your own to your philosophy or your culture? Um, so um, yeah, I, it's it's it was hard I, because we, what we're doing is not common. Like we're trying to we're trying to do. Uh, modern design, uh, mm-hmm. actually very modern design here in in California, and uh, v- modern design is very expensive to do if the industry is not ready uh, to do modern design. And uh, um, the first response from the first clients we con we we contacted, we were dealing with was, oh, this is going to be very expensive. So um, we that was a little bit hurtful for us because we we thought it shouldn't be like modern <laughs> modern design is, is simple uh it's true that there is a lot of 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 working hours behind every single detail and every single mm-hmm. factor that, that uh, goes into into a modern project but actually building those projects um shouldn't be more more expensive than than saying uh, a crafted building like hand handcrafted build uh, residential house that you can see out there with yeah. with tons of moldings and yeah nice so uh uh, my perception of the, of the modern is—is is it perhaps the clean lines and the simplicity of it is it makes the the uh, uh, those who aren't experienced with it view it as so clean and so uh, so streamlined that it must be expensive. Uh, uh, what do you think contributes to their perception that it is ex- more expensive than a traditional built home? Yeah, I think. I think people that do modern buildings end up spending more uh, into those projects and end up being like, they're usually flagship projects and, and they're usually more investment into those projects. But that investment doesn't necessarily come from uh, the cost of the actual building. It comes from uh, extras, you could say like bonus features that are introduced into those, those buildings. Also, I think that uh, since the previous, uh, the small number of previous modern projects that you can see, the examples that you can see in this area, uh, are out there. People have, have been uh, perceiving those projects as being more expensive because what I was just uh, mentioning before, the industry is probably not is not, probably not adapted to modern design, and uh, the 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 process of of building a modern project today uh, entails uh, a lot of time, a lot of labor, a little bit of training on the on the building side, and uh, and a lot of uh, working hours, design working hours that are directly translating into. A little bit of bigger up from cost. So, for example, uh, I'm I'm by doing a modern project, I'm working on details that are that look simple, as you say, but have a lot of working hours behind them, and and someone's got to pay for that. So that is an up from cost that people see uh, not as a not as assumable as other costs, such as as comparable costs, such as the cost of an, of, of a designer doing a, a traditional building. Okay. Now, I, le- I, I love the, uh, the space that you, in essence, have created, uh, the emergence of real estate designed. And I know you, you said a, a mouthful uh, a bit about it, but uh, can you say it again so our uh, listeners can understand, you know, what is real estate design? I know you first said it, but um, simplify it for me, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, what real estate design is, is trying to create value or increase value okay. on buildings uh, through strategic design and while doing so enhancing the return that, on those buildings uh, but also enhance, enhancing the communities where those buildings are, are, are located and, and, and therefore the, the lives of the people that inhabit those communities. So um, okay. what, what, what that, that comes from the fact that when coming when coming to California, there are a lot of hurdles in the in the design world. There, are, uh, the, the, we we found there were a lot of hurdles, and we 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 were trying to find a way to that so that we could impact the most uh, in the quickest way. And uh, real estate design uh, was uh, was a conclusion to our to our problem that that we thought was was a conclusion that was solving that problem fastest. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So so right now, for example, with the work we're doing is. We're trying to create um, a development firm that is that is doing modern modern design, modern real estate design. Uh, we're trying to develop our own projects, and and while doing so, we're trying to achieve uh, what we're calling like modern um, rational uh, design, and that means uh, modern modern uh, design at a at a rational cost. And we're trying to convince people that uh, modern design doesn't necessarily need to translate into uh, 
more expensive products, and we're uh, doing so by by trying to uh, uh, collaborate, trying to come up with collaborations and partnerships that can help us uh, make the construction processes more more efficient. And and w by making them more efficient, uh, they will need less uh, la labor uh, on on the field, and they will need. Uh, and they, and you will leave a lot of the inefficiencies of the construction industry out of the equation, and then it will allow you to uh, get to high level, qual high quality products uh, at a at a rational cost. Okay, how how are some of the builders that you have worked with? Have they adopted to your uh, your process? Yeah. So okay. this, So this is an interesting question because we when we set up the uh, real estate design firm and when we did our start our, our first development, we started meeting with builders. Builders was builders builders was the biggest <coughs> hurdle we we found uh, on the way. Uh, they. They, it's it's a very big and complex community, and they're very 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 busy. So builders today in Northern California are incredibly busy, and uh, the and the by being busy, they're less available to learn new things, uh, and to learn new new ways of building. So uh, our first uh, six months, actually, uh, of of uh, relationship with builders, ended up uh, being uh, lots of interviews and lots of uh, meetings and lots of coffees with people <laughs> that, that were really interested in in our design, but uh, found themselves losing a little bit of that interest while we were uh, trying to tell them what we were trying to achieve, while we were introducing them to the partnerships that we were engaging with, while we were showing them the construction systems we wanted to use. Uh, all that learning, all the learning involved in those partnerships uh, was translating into uh, le a less interesting product for them. So we, we kind of, we kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, arrived to the conclusion that we, were, we, we needed to make it attractive to builders in a way that it was attractive for them to learn how to how to build what we're trying to to build so so I, we were very lucky then because we found a, a great company that is doing a very innovative thing it's a, it's a bone structure uh, they're doing uh, light gauge steel structures uh, in a like modular fashion uh, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to do uh, energy efficient uh, frames uh, uh, in a, in very little time uh, very flexible and uh, in a way that you can uh, achieve uh, a lot of different designs like quite efficiently so uh, when we met them uh, they they had the product that was very scalable as i just okay. said and and that allowed for builders to look f f past from our first project and that allowed them to be more interested more interested in what we were doing so uh that 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 partnership uh, got our uh, got our other our par our, our possible partnership with builders mm -hmm. uh, to be a little bit easier, and we actually ended up one of the contractors that was hesitant to work with us ended up being super interested in in in, uh, in approaching our pro pro project that way, and ended up meeting Bone Structure and ended up getting trained by Bone Structure by to do their system, and 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 by getting him engaged. In that way, we managed to get him engaged with the other partnerships that we're bringing in place and the other construction processes nice. that we're building. Yeah. So right now, uh, for example, this contractor, this contractor is called Millennium Builders, and they're getting trained uh, to assemble uh, the one of the best uh, f uh, window companies in the world. They have uh, they have uh, window frames with zero tolerance. Uh, they're they're uh, minimal frames. They're like basically what they're trying to do is almost the frame is almost invisible like they're trying to invisible increase. frame yeah it's not <laughs> it's not invisible in a way that you can't see it but it's okay. it's so it's so uh it's so slim that you actually can't that you actually can't see it from from the distance it and and it's so elegant and prime Excellent. that it that it's it's really it's really something different so this this contractor is, is getting trained on that and yeah we're yeah, it's, it's, we're doing something exciting. Right. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. The California State Parks Foundation is the only statewide independent nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting, enhancing, and advocating for California's state parks. With ever-present budget cuts threatening our parks from the Oregon border to Oceanside, the foundation needs your support more than ever. There are many ways you can help to learn more or to make a much-needed donation, go to calparks.org. That's calparks.org. Thank you. We're talking today with Guy Casaneda, principal and CEO of Nomos Red, 
a distinct and discerning real estate design firm headquartered in beautiful Hapung Bay, California. Guy, we are speaking of the not invisible window, but uh, describe it. Yeah, so yeah. we're talking about the uh, minimal frame windows by, okay. minimal by, frame pa- windows. by Panorama. Okay. Uh, ending with an H, like, ah. And uh, so we were telling, uh, this is one of the partnerships that we're trying to uh, get. They're uh, very high in product, and and in this case, you you would call this product very expensive. But what we're trying to do through this partnership is we're trying to translate the increase in value and quality of life that that having a high-end, well-designed window frame can bring into your life. And uh, when you're doing modern design, everything is about natural light, about big openings, about uh, about achieving uh, simplicity. And uh, these these uh, these kind of partnerships with with a company like Panorama make make them so much easier. And we hope people are able to see that in our designs and in our products. Yeah, say that again about modern. So we we have an even further clarification. You said there's a lot of natural light. There's a simplicity. What what, what other features and and, so, and uh, um, I think we've mentioned in in, in the ah uh, factors. <laughs> yeah. So modern yeah. design, modern design yeah. is people perceive it as cold. Okay. Uh, people perceive it as uh, as unlivable, but uh, that is that is just uh, minimalistic design to the highest extent. Uh, modern design is more about uh, removing the unnecessary decorations. So uh, it's it's just trying to achieve the highest level of comfort and warmth uh, with the uh, with the least amount of decoration and with the least amount of uh, of uh, complexity uh, of visual complexity. Uh, so what we're doing in our projects right now, for example, is uh, we're we're trying to remove all the all the, uh, the like excessive decorations that we see around in cra- in craft and projects. Uh, so there's no moldings, for example. Like we're trying to do like mm-hmm. high high level finished walls. There's not like transitions. We're trying to use uh, shadow gap transitions in which when you change from one material to the other, there's always like a transition element mm-hmm. that is uh, like a shadow. We're trying to uh, do high highly designed design lighting features so we're we're using coves in our projects we're using uh, so uh, this is one example that you can use to describe how how uh, europe is different from the u.s is how lighting design is done Um, in the u.s basically uh, the most common lighting design is is doing a bunch of spotlights in the ceiling trying to (laughs) trying to get a Trying to get like a, a more or less homogeneous uh, light everywhere in in a, in a space, okay. and sometimes uh, as bright as possible. So Europe is different. Europe is trying to create a, a, a European lighting designers uh, are trying to create contrast and are trying to uh, create different types of light within the same room. So they're so they're not using spotlights everywhere. They're only using spotlights in in certain lines inside a room, and they're also trying to. Uh, use light in an indirect way. So how do they do that? They do that by washing uh, the walls and ceilings with light, features that you can't see. So for example, by designing light coves in the ceiling, you can illuminate the light cove uh, from inside and that light cove will wash the walls and the walls will illuminate the space, but you're not, you're not, you're not seeing the point of light. Uh, yeah, and that's really? so, yeah. So that that is that. Okay. For example, that is a modern, very modern thing to do, and it's and it's quite complex to do a, a cove detail. Uh, we're working right now in figuring out how to do the cove details in the most simple way, so that we, they can align with our model of doing rational uh, modern architecture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so lighting design is a way uh, is, is an area where we feel we're very different in Europe uh, than in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. so it sounds like um, a, although you said it is modern, it sounds to me like you're replicating nature. Is that am I interpreting it correctly, or possibly, or trying to uh, yeah, bring so, the outdoor indoor? Yeah, even so, if it's night. So hmm. um, yeah, at night it's true that a, a spotlight can feel very artificial. Okay. And spotlights, spotlights, uh, with the, and, and even more with the recent expansion of the LED industry, uh, the very early LEDs uh, had a quite cold lights. So, okay. uh, being all like over the three thousands uh, always, and and what that 
end up meaning is there were a lot of people that were trying to do the right thing and being efficient using LEDs in their houses, but we're ending up with very cold, uh, very cold lighted spaces. So right now the LEDs are much more advanced than you can find LEDs in the 2400s and in the 2700Ks, and, and that is giving you much more warm spaces. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to use very warm lights. Uh, sometimes Amer Americans, American clients of us are saying, no, that's too warm. And we're saying, <laughs> we're saying no, no, you're in, it's not too warm. <laughs> Uh, but my makeup will look very red. No, it won't. <laughs> or let's put a little bit of colder light in your bathroom. But like the chickens rest... being hatched. I mean, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. like a like a meat like a meat uh, store that is lighted very red so that the meat looks better and delicious. The same thing. We're we're doing the same thing with lighting spaces. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, but the way the way we're designing things is it does. I, I hadn't reflected on it that way. It does look more natural. But what we're trying to do is. We're trying to achieve uh, warm, comfortable spaces. And, uh, and a very big thing there is not seeing the source of light. Not seeing the source of light. Yes. Okay, that's an art in itself, is it not? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 definitely, it's definitely complicated and there's, a, and there's a little bit of work around it. But in the end, uh, in the end it's, really, it's really beneficial. It's beneficial. And do you, exp you express this to um, the, the people you've worked with beforehand? Yes. Or do they kind of experience, you kind, it kind of grows on them in the process so, as well? Yeah, so one, one thing we need to do a lot with our clients is we have to create presentations and, and inspiration documents. We call them idea books. Yeah. I've seen one of them. That was amazing. Oh, you've seen yeah, one yeah, idea? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so these idea books are mainly set up around a particular topic. Okay. Uh, well, it can, be, it can be a general topic like the design of their home, which would be idea book one. We always start by, by how are we designing your house? What are our inspirations? They can be either our work or, or works that we really respect and want to explore. And, and then they start being like more specific uh, regarding the different topics. So, for example, an idea book about lighting will feature a lot of inspirations of uh, these cove details or these uh, naturally lit spaces, yeah. as you've described. I like the uh, word cove. Well. It's going yeah. kind to of flow. <laughs> cove. Yeah. Um, it doesn't exist. I just created it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so these naturally lit spaces and people... We've we've had different types of reactions. People are that can be very risk averse can say, um, no, I, I actually I actually don't want this. Put a lot, put a bunch of spotlights in the ceiling, please. But then there's a lot of people that say, how 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 expensive is this going to be? So that's that's another question that we receive. And we say, if you, if you do it the right way, it doesn't need to be that expensive. It's a linear LED. It's, it's relatively inexpensive. It's all about mm -hmm. how expensive the cove ends up being. So. Uh, we've actually managed to convince our clients, and yeah, it's it's truly yeah, it's it's working it's working well. Excellent. What type of clients do you work with on the commercial? I know you mentioned the Apple with, when you're with Fosters. Uh, is it all commercial, residential? What percentage, uh, if there is one, or do you? Yeah. So um, before before creating Nomos Red, Nomos Real Estate Design, uh, we worked for uh, big corporations, and and I was lucky enough to. Uh, work in a in a in, in an investment bank. Actually, it was a fund, and okay. and in that fund, I, I was the the least important person in the fund. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, which was I was I was lucky because uh, uh, the the that exposed me to a lot of things that no one wanted to do, but were actually very useful to me. And one of those things was one of those things was exploring. Uh, the motivations behind investors, like what they wanted to see, because uh, by creating presentations for those investors, uh, we needed to focus in in what really ring the bell for 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 them. Yeah. So uh, that gave us a lot of exposure into what uh, corporate investors are looking for, uh, and and what to look for in in uh, in design strategies and and capital expenditures strategies uh, while uh, while investing in buildings. What to look for so that so that it really returns 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 a, a real value yeah so that was that was a very lucky uh, a lot of a lot of people would say that as a designer I'm ruined because I've worked in a, in a bank but uh, <laughs> that gave me a lot of exposure that gave me a lot of exposure to the investor world yeah. uh, and that is not as mean as it sounds uh, yeah. in the design world and uh, and it's actually very rational and, it, and everything is, uh, is is based on proven facts and on an experience and collective yeah. learning so uh, yeah. that exposed me a lot to how uh, corporate investors think. Uh, then uh, by working on the Apple campus, I got a glimpse to what, to something that uh, is is completely uh, inexistent in the real world, which is uh, a client that wants to do the best thing possible, uh, regardless the cost 
to a certain extent, obviously, sure. but regardless of the cost. So what that allowed uh, the Foster and Partners design team uh, uh, at Apple was uh, to explore and to research into new ways of doing things. And, and by working with that kind of client, a huge amount of innovation happened in that project. And being exposed to that kind of innovation uh, allowed us to just have some kind of of reference or some kind of of background that that we could later use with uh, obviously uh, clients with less with less uh, capital sure. uh, available, but we could we could just come back to that learning and, and see ways we had innovated and how we could translate them into the into their designs. Uh, when we created uh, Nomos Real Estate Design, mm-hmm. Nomos Red, we we our our initial approach was how, how, how what can we do right now? How can we affect uh, the most, how can we have the most impact? And and we decided that the best industry for us was, was single-family housing. Uh, uh, it, I think it's certainly the hottest industry today. In in Northern California, there is a, there is a, a, a fixed amount of available space for single-family housing today, and it's almost entirely occupied. So what that is doing is everyone that is investing here is paying a huge premium for for their investments mm-hmm. and therefore that is making them think more about about that investment and and and, and approaching in a, in a much more rational way and that's where, where we come in helping them helping them uh, achieve the most out of the out of their investment and and why not uh, increase their comfort and quality of life yeah. in, the, in those investments yeah yeah so you you it sounds like it, it's uh, if you've brought your perspective your experience from Europe your experience in the commercial uh, and brought it to the homeowners so ideally that warmth is reflected in them selecting you yes yeah. so uh how how would how would someone select uh, a company a new young company mm-hmm. uh, that comes from europe uh, that brings a very new way of building uh, brings some kind of uh, risk or or innovation perceived risk perceived risk yes. or innovation how does someone so what we needed to do was we just needed to take the risk ourselves as well so we needed to make a, oh, like a, little, yeah. a little bit of a compromise and and, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, we couldn't charge the same fees that we would charge in Europe that was one one way of, of absorbing that risk and and second was uh, by by doing something in our in our in our proposals that no one was doing which is uh, having fixed proposals so so we were actually saying we will work on this project and we will keep working uh, no matter what yeah. and and your and, and and the and and what Bold. you're and what you're paying will yeah. will will not change. It won't change. Do you uh, do you have any favorite client? Can I ask you that? Uh, do you have favorites? Well, uh, yeah. Or, or, or don't say their name. Just say. I have know. an idea of the favorite client. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah. So so there's so there's for me the favorite client is is the client that wants to work with you because they really like what you do and are aligned with what you do. And they're not looking at, at legal or formal uh, documentations. They're not comparing you uh, on a on a, fi- in a financial way. They're they're only looking at what you're doing, and they're and they're seeing themselves uh, creating a creating a design in that line. So uh, for me, the favorite client is a client that is. Uh, understanding of the fact that we're a young company we're very motivated we're willing to walk the extra mile and we and we will probably sometimes make mistakes as anyone would do but someone that is going to be understanding and is going to like really see the value of the effort we're doing and actually and and someone that is that really wants to innovate and really wants to explore uh, new ways of, of designing with their with their projects yeah so th- have you met many of them or, or yeah. Or, yeah yeah we we have yeah. and uh, that is that is something that has happened partly accidentally and partly out of luck as always luck is a big component <laughs> of, of this so we're we're a young company and in, in a year and a half we've managed to close uh, 10, 10 projects which is something uh, that's pretty uh, we, Significance, especially being new and from, yeah, yeah. So, so being new without a net, without, without a network, uh, yeah. uh, having worked uh, in the design of the Apple Campus only gets you so far. Sure, uh, but yeah. So we, we managed to close a lot of clients, and and and, and a lot of those clients, uh, uh, lucky for likely for us, uh, were completely aligned with our vision. So yeah, that's we've we've been very lucky. Excellent. This is the Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford ninety point one FM. Did you know that a study found, on average, three pieces of trash along every foot of the Bay Area stream leading into the Bay? The trash you drop in the street can end up in the San Francisco Bay or in the ocean. 
where it can kill wildlife such as seals, seabirds, and turtles. Join with more than 50,000 Save the Bay supporters, advocates, and volunteers to protect our bay and make it cleaner and healthier for people and wildlife. Please visit savesfbay.org. That's savesfbay.org. Our guest is Guy Castaneda, principal and CEO of Nomos Red, a boutique design and real estate development firm headquartered in Half Moon Bay, California. Guy, what is your website so our listeners can follow along while we're speaking? So our our website is nomosred, as in realestatedesign.com. So it's www.nomosred.com. Do you... Do you ever read architectural, modern architectural design magazines, and have they provided insight and inspiration, or are you kind of creating your own as well? No, we. So as I as I told you before, I'm a big believer in collective learning. Collective learning, yeah, okay. and uh, and my business partner Paula as well. So how we approach uh, design and how we approach our business is the following way. There is a lot of people, a lot of very smart people and talented people that have done it before us, and they have learned a lot through the process. And we're tr- so what we do when we when we read uh, architecture newsletters or when we on, mm-hmm. when we or when we we're researching on on new uh, desi- design ways of designing. What we do is we try to find uh, projects that we like or references that we like, and we try to find out why we like them and how can we incorporate some of those things into our work. And after that, we make them our own. So it's it's something that we discovered uh, in in university. We we in the architecture university, mm. the first. What the university fir- is it? Is it? It's the uh, Madrid School of Architecture. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's called the Polytechnic School. Okay. And uh, it's actually a public school in Spain, uh, but it's a very well respected. Public education in Spain is is very well respected. And um, in, in the first thing that uh, an architecture student has to do in, in in architecture school in Spain is learn is learn how, how to face the blank the blank paper. Okay. So me coming from a financial uh, family, uh, it's, uh, there, I hadn't been exposed to create creativity in a way some of my colleagues <laughs> had been. So the first thing I do when being exposed to a, to a blank piece of paper is just throw a bunch of paint to it. And I just try to come up with a, with a nice way of painting. And, uh, and here, my, uh, actually, uh, back then, my, my, my girlfriend, now my wife, Paula, was looking at me and, she, and was saying, why would you do that? Why don't you just look for a painter? that you like and try to uh, imitate his work and in doing so why don't you like you'll probably create something of your own yeah. and that sounded for me like oh do you want me to copy like, <laughs> okay. why, 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 why would I copy I'm being creative I want to express myself but uh, by, by taking her advice what I, what I learned out is even by copying you always put something of, of you out there and, uh, and, and by doing so you end up accidentally creating your own work mm-hmm. and in translating that to architecture it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting uh, and to design it's interesting how uh, looking for references and trying to adapt uh, some of the things that you like those references into your work is, uh, uh, or inspirations uh, into your work uh, is actually helping you create your own, your own thing yeah so you're, you're uh, actually the, um, you're inspired by it yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah, we're co- totally inspired, and we're not we're not afraid of, of of we're not afraid or ashamed or of going out there and, and seeing uh, the work of, of of architects and designers that we respect, and 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 trying to uh, learn as much as we can from 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 what they have done. Yeah, yeah very good. So, and uh, do you also incorporate uh, landscape? architecture yes. into your do you do you do it in so, in house or do so you my, other... my my father-in-law is a is a very good architect in in spain and he always says trees are the makeup of buildings and True. and it's and it's uh, it's the biggest truth uh, yeah. uh if if you if uh, we're we're probably going to design things that aren't what we expect them to be and when that time comes We'll we'll just cover them with trees. <laughs> no, and by saying this, I wanted to I wanted to emphasize on the fact that uh, if you if you're doing architecture and you're not focusing on landscape design, you're you, you're losing a huge opportunity, which is uh, well, putting that's a putting, putting makeup that's on your on your on your buildings. You're, it's like you asked your wife to go to a very a very sophisticated event with you without makeup. Okay, she just, can just, do that though. My just, wife can't. Oh. <laughs> 
my wife can as well. What, All are, right. you, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's just like she she's not going to come to the conclusion that because she's not a makeup professional, she's not going to put makeup on herself. Uh, architects should do the same. You have the great like the, a great tool to make your buildings better, which mm-hmm. is by designing the right landscape around them and and by oh, coming back to lighting mm-hmm. by lighting that landscape the right way. Uh, you can really enhance the quality and the and the design of those buildings. So I think that uh, every architect and designer out there should should take a, a a lot of thought into into the landscape of their projects and try to bring as much as much of it or think or to, or as much thought into it as as they can. Yeah. And then now, does the modern uh, style uh, warrant even more so than say a home that has a lot of walls and just tiny windows and they don't see what's outside? Where if you have large windows and you know yes. seamless windows, yes. that you need to have if it isn't already, it, it, the landscape is as important. Sorry, might be even more so. Is yeah. It? Okay. So I f- I feel like in 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 architect in architecture and design. Uh, when when you're looking at, at the exterior from the interior of the building, you have a frame which is the window, yeah. and then you have the exterior, whatever it is. If you're in a tower, it's a big city. If you're in a house, it's a garden. Uh, what happens between you and whatever you're seeing uh, is controllable to a point by the design. And and something some things that we try to do is in between the landscape and and uh, the building, we always try to filter with vegetation. So we try to put plants in the way of, of 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 the of the views so that we're trying to control that landscape in a way that we we try to bring warmth and bring these design through, mm-hmm. through vegetation into our buildings uh, so even so so in the problem we see with with uh, traditional uh, design is not only the size of the windows but it's uh, the the actual Architectural style is so sometimes can be so complicated because it's so overly decorated that one some items are competing with other items. Uh, what we see that modern architecture allows you to do is because of its simplicity, uh, what you can do is you can purposely uh, orient the attention of someone that is observing that architecture or leading that architecture towards certain areas. Mm-hmm. So by doing courtyards, you can really make make the vegetation, the interior of the interior of your house, you can make it like big a big feature, or on the outside. By by just uh, creating landscape elements on on your building, you can really uh, lift up that ar- that architecture yeah. or that design. So it's yeah. yeah. Now I, I've known people that have live in now a modern home who have said that uh, they feel um, uh, whenever they go into another's home that they're actually they miss their their home, <laughs> their the home that they have that's now modern. Have you ex- ever experienced or heard that to say, "Oh, I missed my I I I couldn't live in anything else." Once, once they have the soaring, the windows and the exposure and the clean lines, that they just feel like it's a lot more comfortable than they originally thought. Do you yeah. experience? Do your clients say the same thing? So I, yeah. Once, once you go modern, you you can't go. Back. Okay, so that's really what it. You simplified it. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's just that. Uh, I think I think a well well thought uh, modern design brings a lot of uh, natural resources into your house, and really connects you with the outdoors and really. And really, can be oriented toward, towards the individual that is living in that house. So, f- for example, uh, giving uh, translating your example to m- to my personal experience, mm-hmm. I have lived in a very modern house in in Europe uh, with radiant floors. Uh, by the way, radiant radiant heat is the best thing in the world. And, yes, and and, yeah. and anyone should explore what it is and and, and, yeah. and just figure out if they want to introduce them, even even in traditional designs. Yeah, why is that? Why is it so? Uh, mm. Because much more uh, so than the uh, because. Basically, uh, you're controlling. You need to control the temperature of the inside of your building, and 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 the way we usually do this in 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 America is by by forced air. Mm-hmm. So so in in doing that, what we're doing is we're we're putting a bunch of hot air in winter into a house uh, through normally through normally s- s- small grills. We're just throwing a bunch of air into into those into those, and we're affecting we're affecting the comfort of the of the inhabitants to create comfort for those inhabitants. We're actually incurring in a contradiction. Yeah. What happens in, in my house today, which doesn't have radiant, I'm renting a, a traditional house today. Um, what happens is we're freezing in winter all the time <laughs> and we put the air on and we have the air blowing in our faces, the hot air blowing in our faces. Our feet are cold. So when our feet are warm, our, our, our faces are melting 
and we never actually perceive comfort because okay. we're never we're never comfortable okay. or maybe maybe a tiny fraction of the time uh, in between the house being super cold and super hot we reach the perfect temperature okay. but uh, what radiant does is that the difference uh, between the temperature of the heat producer and the temperature of your body is much smaller because the surface of that of that element is much bigger which is the floor the floor the entire floor of your house the surface is so much bigger that you don't have the temperature to be different so, i don't know why you're laughing at this this is, this is, this is i physics. keep envisioning the flintstones <laughs> what you're saying so are we living in flintstone <laughs> and actually that might be more efficient it's it's rock but anyway so that's so why I'm laughing at I'm the going, description I'm of the confess. face being blown. I'm, I'm going to confess, <laughs> my, my mom didn't let us watch TV when we were young. Oh, really? Yeah, our, our, our youth was ruined. So, but I, how did you know where the Flintstones were even on TV? Uh, well, it's it's, it's <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think okay. I think I imagined it one night dreaming. <laughs> okay. No, it's it, it, no, but radiant floor radiant floor yeah. is the best. So so if you if you can make an investment in a place where you need heating. Uh, in the winter, if you can make an investment on your house, I would, I would advise you to strongly consider radiant. It's not that big of an investment. It'll save you money in the long run uh, by, by uh, reducing your energy bills every month, and your your uh, comfort will will increase dramatically. Yeah. Well, how what would you think your what would your clients think of your work? I mean, have they, have they ever told you? Is there a theme that they say? Gee, it's just wonderful. Gee, that's terrible. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. What, what, what is their response when you've completed a project for your clients? So uh, our clients in our complete, they're, so, so this is something that we're very lucky with, and they're very grateful. So in a, in a high percentage of cases, uh, they've been very grateful, and and that's been because we uh, we have we have really we have really had to dedicate a lot to those projects, and we have really uh, have to walk with the client through that process and, and informing them of 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 all the things that we were doing, and, and sometimes they perceive those things as, as as risky, as we told before, and when those things turned out well, uh, it was such a success. Yeah. So so sometimes sometimes that risk translates into a bad experience. So I'm not saying this is like a happy world we're, we're living in. And, and some, and some uh, in some events, clients have not understood what we were trying to do or have not understood that what we're doing uh, sometime, sometimes will we'll just, uh, for example, make you lose a little bit of time or, for example, uh, trans- translate into, into uh, a little bit more costs in, in some, in some mm-hmm. cases. Uh, and that, and that those are experiences, obviously, that, that, that weren't great, but that has been such a small percentage of our work uh, that, that we, truly, we truly believe in what we're doing, and it's bringing us so much joy to us that people are grateful for that. Excellent. Now, speaking of joy, how, when, you, when you have a... Um when your clients approach you about a project, do you do you consider the community around as well, or is it no? Because it okay, you just say, "Hey, we're mm-hmm. building," and that's it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, we do we do consider it the community yeah. around, but not in not in a way that is normally done here. Okay, um, in 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 the U.S. Is there uh, an advantage to that? So so yeah. so no, but let me so so if I can explain a little further is why the reason why I said no so so drastically is because. People think that considering the community around you is copying the architectural style uh, that you see in the buildings yeah. ar- around you. Okay. How how we perceive it is, uh, we're we're fighting so hard for diversity, and we're embracing a, a, a diversity in our social lives every like every day. Uh, we should do the same with 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 buildings and and. Uh, it just imagine a city with only one architectural style. Oh imagine how dull or boring. And have uh, you seen some of those cities? Do you mean are you are, are you currently living in one of those cities? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. And and it's and and and, and obviously having having a similar style in buildings creates some kind of some kind of a beauty, but but you need diversity because because. You need you need to create diversity in the people that are experiencing those cities, uh, I, I, for to increase their quality of lives. And and uh, for, so why do I say no so drastically? Mm. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to incur in the mistake of because I'm building in a traditional neighborhood, I have to do a traditional design. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I what I'm obviously going to try to do is because I'm building in a traditional neighborhood, a modern style will be very abrupt. 
and will probably uh, become a protagonist. So how, what can I do to integrate it in that community? And usually what we do is we try to use the same materials that are used in that community. We try to keep our buildings lower in height. We're trying to use a lot of vegetation so that they, they kind of blend with the landscape. So uh, it's, it's a no and a yes. We, we do not try to use the same architectural style that we see in that community. And we do try to integrate those buildings so that they're not protagonists or, or they're not abrupt or cause, or a cause of concern for the, for the neighbors around them. Yeah, have you seen what communities other than Eichler are that you've seen modern where it's block after block after block? Yes. With just different, is there such a place that exists yet? Of, of uh, big communities of mo- modern design? Yes. Wow. Other than Eichler, yeah. Uh, other than Eichler, um, and even yeah, I I think I think I I don't I can't find an example. There's Eichler left a, a couple of disciples that did that did a, a lot of works in the area, but surprisingly, those those disciples just were the last people to perform what Eichler what Eichler's vision was was, which is a, a modern design at a rational price, something similar to that we're trying yeah. to do right now. Um, so no, I think I think what we've seen is a lot of. All, traditional only uh, communities. Uh, we, we're so actually uh, we're living in Half Moon Bay, and Half Moon Bay is a tradition. Uh, so it's mostly a traditional only yeah. community. Yeah. This is the Modern Architect, KZSU ninety point one, Stanford University. The Loop is a radio show featuring electronic music, ranging from house to techno to down tempo and everything that's good in the underground. Each week, the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live guest DJs from around the world. That's The Loop with Drew Deep, and this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. We're talking today with Guy Castaneda, CEO of Nomos Red, a design and real estate development firm. Follow along at www.nomosred.com. That's Nomos, N-O-M-O-S, Red, R-E-D, dot com. Guy, we were talking about the communities and uh, yes. s- some of the uh, disciples of Eichler and communities of Eichler. But uh, as to date, there isn't a community of modern design homes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, 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 be curious. So what, do you have a vision of that at some, in some point in the yeah, future? And so, how do you describe it on the radio? <laughs> so our vision is... Something, something uh, that you wouldn't you wouldn't call similar style of homes because when you talk about modern, everyone thinks modern is a particular style. Mo- modern is just a different way of designing buildings, but inside the modern design, there is a lot of ways uh, to approach a project, and you can create a lot of diversity with modern. So what we're envisioning is uh, is this big trend that is happening in, in the Bay Area and in Northern California and slowly in the rest of the world of trying to achieve sustainable buildings and, okay. try, and trying to, to achieve sustainable communities. Uh, it's, it's creating a, a lot of buzz, innovation buzz around the construction industry. So what, what we're hoping to do is we're trying, we're, we're hoping that in, in, in creating that buzz around the construction industry, people will start realizing that that not only affects uh, uh, the specifications or, or the materials that you put in buildings, but also their design. And, and, and people will start uh, rationalizing and, and, and thinking much more about what type of design they want, they want to create and, and, and researching more on, on, on similar designs or, or, or maybe innovate, trying to innovate on designs. And when, and when doing so, what, what's going to happen is that modern design is going to experience a big boost and we're going to see a lot of diversity within that modern design. Yeah. Now, Guy, in the green room, I was discussing with you a company, I don't know call the name of it, but they, they, they've created um, very large lagoons. Almost oh, yeah. like the, and and um, I was uh, joking with you a bit, but saying, how would a community be if you used your design style with, if you say you had hotels and shopping centers and residences and entire communities built around that, basically, in essence, man-made lake, but with more sustainable mm-hmm. um, process of, of, uh, of, of clar- clarity. So there's... so. Obviously, uh, if we, we we can imagine that. That's yeah. like we're going to have we, to imagine. We're we can, radio, we can so. imagine that as a futuristic city. Okay. And, and there is a lot of movies that have that have tried to get into into how a futuristic city would look like. 
um, some of them being fiction or some of them not but uh, it's it, so how it would look like it's I think it would look mm -hmm. like a clean uh, an extremely mm -hmm. clean community it can be done though it can be done yeah of course it can be okay. done it's you can you can power you can power buildings with with renewable energy and 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 the the only reason why we're not moving faster is because there's a lot of policy around it, and there is a lot of uh, previous investments done towards fossil fuels that cannot just be forgotten. So we, but we're slowly getting more into the renewable ener energy. We're transitioning into that. Uh, people are starting to feel sustainability as a way of increasing their quality of lives, and uh, and introducing sustainability into more modern design. It's a great way to, to get what you're describing, like big cities and big developments that are mainly modern. Yeah, even post offices. Yeah, of uh, course. A, a lot, uh, uh, as I said, a community, an entire community, maybe not perhaps a city, but maybe even a city. And as far as you know, that it hasn't has not yet to be done. So yes, it's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. It's okay, happening so it is happening in places in places where there is a, a big availability of land and a, and at the same time a big availability of capital. So those places are, are able to experiment much more. And, and funny enough, those places are usually backed up by by fossil fuel capital. So for example, what you see in, in the Emirates. So okay. the Emirates is, is the, in the Emirates. You're seeing entire cities being planned and built. Uh, powered with solar energy only, for example, and 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 that is that is something that is very like it looks like it's futuristic, but it's happening today. They're being built right now. So what so was my, it say twenty years ago? Um, what do you mean twenty years ago? Was it, there was no houses, no city. desert? Okay, so you do, from, have you seen pictures of Dubai yes, twenty yeah, years ago? Yeah, like that's that's a very popular. Well, image. you can't see any pictures because it's just yeah, dirt. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dirt. So, so the thing is that. Not only do they have a, a huge availability of fossil fuels, they also have a, a huge availability of solar of solar fuels, okay. and 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 they're just they're just beginning to realize that now, the the huge deserts in the Emirates are a big source of 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 solar energy, and and the experimentation that's happening right now is. Um, the the lead the leaders of modern design in the world and one of them being uh, my my previous office uh, Foster and Partners are being engaged to design what would be the first 100% uh, renewable energy powered cities and and those cities uh, the innovation behind those cities is such that they're also planning around not having not having human drivers in those cities everything all the cars in those cities are are driven autonomously and and uh, uh, every like every every street every house is designed in a way that maximizes uh, sustainability and maximizes comfort of the citizens of those communities so it's it's really special what's going on there uh, it's just not being promoted enough because it's I feel I feel sometimes we we try to give our backs to those communities just for the fact that they're being they're being funded by fossil fuel capital okay so it can obviously be, it's done there it can be done here california yes even. i think i think it can be done here the only problem here is that there is there's we don't have the previous we don't have the previous advantages we don't have the same availability of land in a way that the mm -hmm. available developable land is not that great for example in northern california so we would need a lot of a lot of politics and, and engagement from from uh from leaders uh, to just say let's do this and let's find the land and let's and then the investment to do that here just just because of the costs of labor in these areas would be so huge that it's just you're you're multiplying the investment by ten. And okay, so the labor is the cost primarily or a big part. So a big you part. said ten ten times. So okay so. I think in in places like Dubai, unfortunately, there is a lot of there is a lot of very uh, uh, low wages. So there's people that are hired from Pakistan and are paid, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like ten times less than here, probably. Or, or so if we're playing a if we're paying a plumber here seventy dollars an hour, a plumber there could easily be be paid five dollars an hour or less. And a plumber in in our constructions would only work nine hours. They're, 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 the the labor is, is being overextended to, so so, 
that is that is not the model that we want to achieve. Obviously, we don't want to we don't want to make people work that much for that little money, uh, but that is allowing those communities to to innovate uh, more inexpensively. So when you're saying could we experiment here that way, yes, we could, but we need a much higher level of engagement. And and we're it's not only by finding the right investor. We only need to find we also need to find the right politician, and we also need to find <laughs> the right the the right the right leaders that are going to allow you to do that. And there is there is some there there are some uh, projects to do that, uh, and I think there is one in Florida I've read about of a, of an entirely uh, 100% renewable energy powered uh, city being built in in or or being planned in Florida. So it's happening, but it's just it's just much more much more difficult to do here. Yeah, so it's it's more difficult to do here, but it can be done. And uh, do you what do you see? How is the evolution from when you began and architecture and design and and uh, building construction from when you started how long ago was this it was, was uh, from when i started 12 11 years ago okay say say okay say say a dozen years to today has it evolved in a way that you see it um being more sustainable in the future or what are some of the challenges to to kind of capture the vision you have of uh, yeah better so, communities and better lives I, I, I remember very clearly when I started architecture school a uh, long time ago, I remember very clearly that uh, sustainability wasn't sexy. <laughs> and, and, and that is one of the biggest differences that, that I see between then and now. So uh, back then we lived in, and, I, and I'm, mentioning, I'm, I'm mentioning the Spanish culture. I, I lived in Spain, in Madrid, mm-hmm. and we lived in a society of excess. So everything was, how can we do the, how can... We design the most, the, the most attractive, or the biggest, or the tallest, or the, <laughs> or the, or the most innovative. It was all like excess, um, and sustainability wasn't sexy. So people weren't worried about about uh, our footprint, our carbon f- footprint, as they are today. So, th- th- thanks to, thanks to some innovators that have fought very hard for that, uh, the people have managed to make sustainability sexy, and and now people want want to be sustainable, and it's mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, something that is transpiring with society. So I think I, th- I think the biggest difference that I see uh, from the moments of start to today is that sustainability now is attractive. Uh, I want to also <clears throat> specify that that that's a, uh, that's also a double-edged sword. Okay. Because How so? Because there is there is a parasite industry uh, around sustainability that are that is using the word sustainable as a marketing tool only. And and when I say this is there's people that are that are just just trying to get the sustainability word into their projects for the sake of it, just just as a marketing tool, and are not really engaging or not really really trying to find the most efficient ways of being sustainable. They're just they're just trying to write the sustainable. Uh, yeah, you have an example. You don't have to say the people or companies, but what, any examples that you see that fit exactly what you're yeah, talking I, about? Yeah, I, I, so for example, I've seen a lot of buildings promoted as sustain as sustainable mm-hmm. uh, due to the fact that they have solar panels in the roofs and i've seen and i've seen particular <laughs> that's it yeah and i've okay. seen and i've seen particular cases of buildings that are for example can be all glass or that are very poorly insulated that are called sustainable because they have five solar panels in the roof and when you dig deeper into that sustainability you find out that those solar panels only create one percent of the energy that the building <sighs> is consuming so actually that, that that can be called a marketing attempt okay uh, on the other side i've seen i've seen projects that don't use solar panels uh, but uh, use extremely efficient uh, insulation or or, uh, or or are planned in a way that they can use natural natural resources to to uh, to to create comfort inside those buildings and 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 are not using are not promoting themselves as sustainable in in, in that way mm-hmm. but but are achieving the sustainability uh, uh, and 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 therefore, I think those are are really the big players right now. Nice. So y- you see it here in California. Uh, any other states in particular that that you think are really aggressive in? Okay, we've had a word here. True sustainability. Yeah. Mm, that's. Uh, I think that's a hard one because it's. I think everyone is is starting to be very aggressive on sustainability. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's just a trend. But uh, I've seen I've seen that in California is the only place where people, uh, where our clients have said, 
when we've told them, yes, this is compliant, this is energy compliant, mm -hmm. the, in other places people are satisfied by hearing this, oh, okay, I'm compliant uh, or my building will get approved. In California, people ask, how compliant? So okay. how sustainable are we being? And, and uh, can we be more sustainable? Can we be passive? Or can we even net zero? Can we even yeah. no, not net zero? Can we even create a, like a positive energy flow? Pa okay. So can we even create energy? So so that that has only happened in California. That is something that we we have never seen. Yeah, Guy, it's been a pleasure and honor having you here today. Thank you so much for returning as a, a one of our guests. We're honored. Th yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's, a, it's such a pleasure and a, lo and a lot of fun. <laughs> You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Guy Casaneda, principal and CEO of Nomos Red, a boutique design and real estate development firm headquartered in beautiful Happen Bay, California. We've been talking today about the emergence of real estate design and high-profile residence and commercial projects Guy has completed in the last few years. For more information, please go to www.nomosred.com. That's Nomos R-E-D. Com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, building influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The producer is McGregor Joyner. Recording engineer is Akshay Jaggi. Assistant engineer is... Michael Longoria, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. Production manager is Akshay Jaggi, and the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Modern Architect.